Market View on Money FM 89.3. As we near the end of the year, we're starting to hear some murmurs from major tourism destinations that maybe it is safe to travel once again, at least with signs of more vaccinated travel lanes opening here in Singapore and more travel schemes being conducted by major tourist destinations in an effort to try and jumpstart those particular sectors. Well, Fitch Solutions actually had a very interesting report where they tracked the diverging experiences of tourism sectors here in Southeast Asia versus some other parts parts of the world, like, say, Mexico and the UAE, and to help us understand what the differences are between those experiences, we're joined today by Mr. Cedric Shahab. He is the head of country risk at Fitch Solutions and one of the authors of that report. Cedric, thank you so much for joining us today. Glad to hear you and your loved ones are still safe and in good health during these times. And welcome back to the show, sir. Glad to have you and hope you have a good afternoon. Thank you very much for having me, everybody as well, and I hope all on the same side for you. Absolutely. So, Shadrick, you know, we're in the early days of the world starting to reopen and revive tourism industries, but already Fitch has noted a clear divergence now between Southeast Asia and other parts of the world. You've cited Mexico and the United Arab Emirates actually doing quite well, but a bit of a stuttery start to re- uh, a restart, at least, for Southeast Asia's tourism industry. What are some of the clear trends and divergences you guys have noted uh, based on the data you're tracking? Yeah, that's a good question. So um, at Fitch Solutions, we've really seen two trends unfold. So the first one is the number of flights and passenger numbers remain quite low for Asia and Southeast Asia in general when you compare to other regions. And this is particularly true for major economies such as Singapore, Philippines, Thailand, Malaysia, and Indonesia. And the second theme is that generally speaking, Asia has higher levels of restrictions than other countries around the world. And China and the Philippines stand out in that sense. And in fact, a poll of tourism professionals taken by the World Tourism Organization actually showed that Asian respondents were less bullish than the other regions about the pace of the eventual uh, normalization and reopening of tourism traffic here in the region. Now, Fish has noted that apart from vaccinations, it will really depend on the government's willingness to reopen to tourists or various governments' willingness to reopen to tourists. But would you say, Cedric, that these are two related somewhat? Or don't governments generally um, uh, d- draw some confidence in reopening based on vaccination rates, which honestly, when you look outside across Southeast Asia with the exclusion of Singapore, still seems to lag many other countries and regions, especially out in the West? Yeah, I think that's broadly true, but there are certain nuances to that view, as some governments are perhaps more conservative than others. So, for example, in many emerging markets, the vaccination rates are similar to or if not lower than those in Asia, yet restrictions in those countries are slightly easier or less restrictions than what we're seeing in Asia. Mm-hmm. So for the same level of vaccinations, on, on, on average, Asia has higher restrictions. And this variation in terms of restrictions could be the result of, of various factors, including the government's willingness to open up, the demographics in the particular country, the number of hospital beds, um, the vaccine hesitancy, as well as the potential effectiveness of the vaccines used in that country. Indeed. And that was something you actually also pointed out briefly in that note, actually, that uh, some of the vaccines being used in emerging economies here are not as effective as, say, mRNA counterparts found in developed nations. How might this, uh, I guess I want, you, I want to ask you to elaborate on how this might potentially hinder any reopening plans for these various tourism reg- sector um, countries or tourism industries here in Southeast Asia? 
Yes, and um, uh, that's right. So we don't think that all vaccination rates are directly comparable uh, one to another. So some countries, as you mentioned, are using a mix of vaccines, which may be less effective than, let's say, another country that may be using uh, much more effective mRNA-based vaccines to vaccinate their whole population. And this means that a country may actually have a very high level of vaccination rate, but the protection level is lower than another country. And hence, the population may still be vulnerable. And that could in fact, inform a government's hesitancy to open up. And um, that could also delay not only the government's decision to open up, but also delay tourists' willingness to travel to that country, particularly if tourists don't feel as if they could get access to high-quality healthcare services in the event that they fall ill. So what you, are, what you could see is that um, European and American tourists traveling much nearer to their home countries because they don't want to be stuck in a very faraway country uh, where the healthcare system might not be as good. Mm-hmm. We're still meeting to Cedric Shahab, a head of Country Risk at Fitch Solutions today, about the uneven experiences of reopening tourism sectors across the globe and why Southeast Asian tourism sectors might be lagging some of their counterparts, like, say, Mexico and the United Arab Emirates. Now, here's the thing, Cedric, and I want to get your thoughts on this. For Southeast Asia in particular, there is one potential drag also, and that's Chinese tourists, which figure among the top sources of tourist arrivals for many countries in the region. How important is the revival of Chinese tourist inflows to these regional industries? And will current restrictions related to the mainland's zero COVID policy perhaps provide a longer hindrance actually to Southeast Asia, perhaps catching up with their counterparts in other parts of the, in other regions of the world? Absolutely right. This is a big hindrance. And it's actually one of the main reasons why we see a sluggish recovery for Asia and Southeast Asia in particular. So just to put into context, in 2019, Chinese tourists accounted for about 20 to 30 percent of uh, arrivals or tourist arrivals for some of the largest tourism destinations here in the region. So uh, tourism accounted for about 20 percent of GDP in Thailand and Chinese tourists accounted for about 30 percent of the total arrivals. And this means that the zero COVID policy in China and the significant restrictions on Chinese travelers will result in a sluggish recovery for Thailand's tourism sector and hence for its economy. And a similar story is seen in the Philippines, where tourism accounts for about 22% of GDP before the pandemic, and Chinese tourists accounted for about 20% of the arrivals. So until uh, China really opens up its borders, this is really going to have an impact on Southeast Asian tourism market, uh, just because the flows will be very slow. So a lot of this actually dependent on what happens with the mainland if they start to relax their border controls to allow some of their uh, citizens to start coming back to some of these tourist destinations. Now, Cedric, it's very interesting when I look at that chart. And there were two countries that uh, Fitch Solutions actually pointed out as doing better than others, and that was Mexico and the United Arab Emirates. Also very different. I think Mexico only at about 59, 50 a little bit over 50% of the population receiving one vaccine dose. UAE, though, doing quite well in their vaccination um, uh, you know, uh, drives um, in that country. But both seem rather open. And as has been pointed out, both, tour- both uh, countries and their tour- respective tourism sectors seem to have embarked on a pretty Im- remarkable uh, recovery. Um, are there any lessons to be learned, perhaps, from the more successful tourism economies like Mexico and the UAE, these reopenings, and perhaps even some of the risks that they're trying to manage? Yeah, so it, I, th- I think it's a little bit early to learn too, or to draw too many lessons as each country has very specific dynamics. So, for example, mm-hmm. in Mexico, about 80% of tourists are American 
And Americans were, of course, the first to be vaccinated and have been through the pandemic more uh, generally willing to travel. And I think that helped Mexico, even though vaccination rates in Mexico weren't that great and restrictions remain in place. And a big thing to think about is, you know, Americans have this incredible firepower of savings now with all the fiscal transfers. So that, you know, those set of factors really helped Mexico, its relative openness and its Northern America, uh, Northern neighbors uh, will openness. And in the UAE, it hasn't recovered to the same extent as Mexico for sure, but it has done you know, a much better job than Southeast Asia. And you know, within the UAE, vaccination rates were quite high uh, early on, and that helped us to uh, establish itself as a, as, a, as a kind of good reputation in terms of the high levels of vaccination and safety. So, you know, from, so while I can't you know, draw you know, very specific lessons, or it's hard to do so, um, I think the data we have seen shows that it is a combination or some, some, some sort of combination between higher vaccination rates, although you don't have to be the highest uh, level of vaccination country, um, but also an important factor is the willingness of the government to open up uh, to these uh, to these travelers. Okay. Uh, now, I, I'd like to uh, go from the UAE-specific uh, experiences now, Cedric, and talk about Singapore. Uh, that I'll talk about a country that's trying to cautiously restart their tourism also and reopen. Singapore has added a number of new vaccinated travel lanes. Airlines have actually said that it's actually helped at least uh, improve their bottom line and diminish their cash burns. I do want to ask you, though, how, um, if it's really been making a difference on tourism here. Now, I know it's early days. It's only been about a, a few months since these VTLs have been added. Um, you know, given the fact that there's still significantly fewer flights through these VTLs compared to pre-pandemic times, is it really starting to make a difference for the tourism industry here in Singapore? So the answer is yes and no. So the okay. government has been adding new travel lanes and we're seeing business and tourist flows pick up, albeit slowly. So that's the caveat. So the number of flights that we've tracked from public sources are about double what we saw compared to last year, right? That's mm-hmm. great. That's a great improvement. However, they're still about 80% below what we saw in 2019. So while we are seeing an improvement compared to last year, we're still down relative to pre-pandemic levels and by a significant margin. And that's just kind of flights. When you look at tourism numbers recorded by the UNWTO, tourism arrivals are still about uh, 90-plus percent down compared to pre-pandemic levels. So we are seeing an improvement compared to last year, but it's still nowhere near where it used to be. And miles ago, perhaps, before we start to see a normalization for Singapore's tourism industry, despite the VTLs, I'd like to thank Cedric Shahab, Head of Country Risk at Fitch Solutions, for joining us today on Money FM 89.3 to talk about the uneven experiences of the reopening tourism sectors across the globe. As always, I wish you and your loved and continued health and safety during these uncertain times. We look forward to next time you can join us on the show. Meanwhile, stay safe, sir, and we hope you have a good rest of the week ahead. Thank you very much. You too. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.